and from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan, and in this podcast I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. Hello guys, and welcome to the first inaugural Puny Pod. Yes, so uh, so these are going to be pods where I don't go on for the full hour and a half that I'm allocated to on Podbean. I'm just going to do something, one topic... And I'd say they're going to be under or over kind of half an hour. So, you know, you could listen to them on the way to work or whatever you're doing. Uh, quite an easy listen um, with my sultry, sultry, sexy voice. Uh, so, so, yeah, before I go full on partridge. Uh, this, I realise we haven't done, I haven't done much we. Again, just, just me on my own at the moment. <laughs> but I am talking to guests very soon. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I realise I haven't done much on comic books and I do love them, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people know. So I decided to focus on one of the underrated, underappreciated Batman stories, because we all know the big ones, The Dark Knight Returns, Year One, Long Halloween, you know, all the kind of big, the biggies. But, you know, what are the lesser known decent Batman stories? Because... Almost every Batman story is good to some level. He's one of those characters which just is quite consistently well-written, well-drawn. Everybody wants to have a go at Batman, have a stab at Batman. Um, including this character in this storyline, the KG Beast, or also known as The Beast. So this storyline is was from the late 80s, so it was, uh, say, 88, 89. Um, I think it was in Detective Comics or Batman. I think I'm going to say Batman. Um, anyway, the Ten Knights of the Beast introduces uh, the cagey beast, but I'll go on to him in a moment, because um, that's what the story's all about, basically. But basically, the uh, the, the writer, uh, Jim Starlin, was very famous for creating Thanos, as obviously most people will know the name now, you know, when the Avengers came out, uh, which is what the puny pod reference is from, puny god, from the whole... Blah, 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 you know. Uh, so, yeah, so Thanos wasn't that well known until he made his appearance in mainstream media in that film. People were like, who's that big purple guy at the end? Tell me, tell me. Which all my friends turned to me and, and did when I was when we were watching it. And I was very excited when I saw him. And it's led to some really good movies recently. So, yeah, um, so Jim Starlin is... He's basically following the form that kind of Frank Miller set and the... Um, in the Dark Knight Returns in the year one with, you know, a lot of the political, social kind of um, discussion, intrigue, uh, commentary um, that, that Frank Miller put in his books. Uh, so he kind of follows that tone as well as the kind of dark, gritty, grim uh, tone, that kind of noirish kind of uh, monologues uh, that a lot of comic book characters have. So he, he kind of ran with that and into, you know, he did a few stories before this one, but this was probably his biggest 
uh, and longest storyline that he'd had on Batman initially. Um, so yeah, um, he's one of my favourite writers, really interesting. So he can do these grim, dark, gritty kind of street level stories and he can, you know, do these spanning uh, cosmic sagas. Um, so it's, he's got a lot of range and I do like him and he's, he's uh, very, uh, very deep. He thinks that, like, especially in his Thanos books, is, I mean, Thanos is one of the most interesting characters in comics, you know, bar none. Uh, you know, and he develops, changes, alters his, you know, thinking. He's a hero. He's a villain. You know, he's he's amazing, and he I cannot get enough Jim Starlin Thanos stories. Again, not talking about Batman, are we? So I've only got a short amount of time on this one, so I'm going to go on to the artist. Jim Aparo is one of my favourite Batman artists and one of the most kind of quintessentially kind of... He was, he's been drawing Batman from, I think, the late 60s um, through the 70s. Brave and the Bold was one of his big titles. He, um, he then even he drew a part of the, uh, the Nightfall uh, saga, which introduced Bane and broke Batman's back. Uh, famously, um, so yeah, he's he's you know I really like his style. It's quite you know it's quite standard kind of superhero, kind of you know it's nothing too out there or weird, but it it gets the job done. It's really sharp and clean work, and I really like the way he draws um, Commissioner Gordon's mustache. It's almost like this big handlebar, or he looks like almost like a an old cowboy or something like that. Huge kind of mustache, which I really I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on to the plot. Uh, the plot, um, the only problem with this story um, that I have is that the plot does date it quite a bit. Um, it's the late 80s and Reagan is in in power um, in the US as president. And uh, it's this plot is concerning kind of Cold War uh, politics. Um, and the it's concerning the, I think it's called the SDI, the Strategic Defense Initiative. Uh, which was nicknamed the Star Wars program. It was kind of a, uh, at the time, it was kind of a, a way of uh, Reagan trying to make nuclear weapons obsolete. So it had a lot of kind of experimental lasers and particle beam weapons and smaller tactical missiles uh, that were going to, you know, it's a satellite system, in sp uh, satellite in space and um, yeah, so that was basically what this plot revolves around. So a a rogue uh, section of the KGB uh, are basically to are out to kill and um, yeah, just kill them, kill anybody involved in that program, uh, all the way up to so any uh, scientists or political uh, parties, uh, political members or political politicians. That's that's the word for them, damn politicians. <laughs> that they are uh, they're involved in the in the development or. Um, Basically, the advertising, the marketing of it, I guess. Um, so it was nicknamed the Star Wars program because it was so people thought it was so ludicrous at the time. Um, obviously, anyone that was anti-Reagan. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, so they've got a basically the KGB's mission is to kill anybody involved, and most of them are in Gotham for uh, over these next ten days, the ten nights of the beast. Um, to kind of talk about it and develop it and kind of go a bit further forward. So this rogue kind of assassin and his assistant, the KGB, so it's Anatoly Nyazev. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name um, at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, so he is a cybernetically enhanced killing machine. So he's a master of various 
forms of martial arts and various weapons. He is, I, I would call him a kind of proto-Bane. Um, you know, he he's like physically he's a match for Batman. I've always thought about some of the Batman villains, I, though I love like characters like the Scarecrow and the Joker. I don't, I've never seen them as like physically a match for Batman. Batman's trained all these, uh, all these martial art forms, all these ways of combat, and I just, I don't necessarily feel like some of those villains could be a physical threat. Like Bane is, you know, very much so, and uh, Ra's al Ghul is a, a good physical threat for Batman as well as um, intellectually. Uh, Bane is very much. And I feel like before Bane debuted, this he the the KG Beast was a Bane was a Bane who's very intelligent, very physically uh, comparable to Batman. He has has the ability to, you know, to I mean he injures Batman a lot in the like Batman goes through the ringer in these in these stories, uh, because the you know because the KG Beast or the Beast as he's known. Um, is just such a combatant, such a an equal. He even says, Batman even says in the book, I finally uh, met someone, you know, some, I've met my match, basically, is what he says. Um, and, you know, you don't hear Batman say that a lot about certain villains, you know, he's just absolutely outmatched. He can't stop these murders because the, the beast is quite imaginative when he comes to killing like that is his thing he doesn't we don't get much kind of personal development of the beast and his you know his motivations he's just a he's a Arnold Schwarzenegger basically kind of you know just Russian killing machine you know that he doesn't he just you know he acts and you know he kills in the space of these four issues in the space of ten nights he kills over a hundred people in these in these stories, uh, innocent people and the targets he has, and he like he'll there's a scene where Batman is uh, climbing aboard a uh, a truck like trying to grab them uh, trying to stop the KG Beast and his partner, uh, and they they plow they're about to pl they plant they see a kid school bus and they plow right into it and luckily Batman manages to kind of move the truck out of the way just at the last moment kind of swerve to miss the bus but. They they have no qualms of innocent innocent people children. They are just out to kill. Um, you know later on his partner does a suicide bomb attempt as well. Um, it's it's just uh, it's like balls to the wall insanity of just like it's a cacophony of carnage and murder and mayhem. And uh, it's great and it makes for a really gripping read. And and Batman it struggles to predict the way he's gonna like. In one in one in one scene, he 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 poisons a big kind of uh, celebratory dinner for this politician. Everybody like po it doesn't poison one dish; he poisons everybody's dish um, all at once. And uh, there's a but then he goes from that, and that's kind of stealthy, kind of poisoning, and you know, and uh, smothering someone in their sleep. But then then you know, when when it calls for it, there's a one of the uh, one. It looks like one of the uh, politicians or scientists gets away on a plane. And what does the KG Beast do? He just fires a bazooka at it. Why not? And just takes out everybody on that on that plane. Um, but yeah, it's, he's a really fascinating character. I really like him. And I feel like after this story, he kind of... People forgot how deadly he was. Because I think Bane took over that kind of top spot for the physical kind of brawn, leather-bound, you know, um, match mentally and physically for Batman. He started getting written like very stereotypical like uh kind of russian like you know, 
in Soviet Russia, car drives you. You know, it, it became very silly like that. He did get a better costume, better design, and kind of more cybernetics. I think got a cybernetic eye as well. Um, and he looked a little bit less like a an S and M freak. That's the only problem I have with this story. Really, is that he just the design of the costume was quite. Uh, you know, it's you might as well be wearing nothing really. It's quite revealing. Even in the covers, he looks more and more S and M like um, than he does inside the book. But uh, but yeah, um, he's a he's a really cool villain. I think he's a really uh, underused. Uh, I watched. I read. I watched. I read uh, Batman. I think it's my own worst enemy when he goes on a kind of road trip with Two Face, which is a great story on its own. But the main antagonist in it is the KG beast and and he proved and again it's quite a recent comic so it's it's nice to see him kind of come back in that kind of that strong form again on such such strong form and you know he wants to just hunt batman because he is his equal um but like i said yeah the 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 kind of politics and stuff it, you know it, it's a nice plot it's an interesting plot and it's nice kind of tying into the you know real world aspects of you know of um of Gotham and the real world and tying that into the DC universe. It's really interesting and I like I like when comics get political or have some kind of real world leanings, you know, and but they add obviously it's a heightened reality and unrealistic uh things. But uh but now it's really, really cool and you know there's there's a there's he Batman's trying to work with all these kind of CIA, FBI, police and even even the Soviet Union want this shut down. Like they're all working together to shut this guy down, to shut the KGB down. And yeah, he's and he's he's great. And there's a scene where his I don't want to spoil too much, but he see there's a scene where his arm gets caught in a rope, and Batman's got him. He's like, all I have to do is hang here, and we've caught the beast. We finally caught the beast, and the beast cuts his his own hand off just to get away, uh, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so there's quite a bit of like. It's quite a little bit of social, um, social? No, no, it's more like uh, kind of twists and turns and kind of uh, espionage kind of stuff, like who's the mole, who's giving out all the information to the beast so that he can make all of his kills. Um, so that's a really fascinating part of the story. And there's a lot of twists and turns in it, uh, and you can't necessarily predict them, which is nice and it's exciting. Uh, but it's a lot of fun as well. There's a lot. There's Batman kind of doing the classic thing of dressing up in in disguises and things like that, trying to outsmart the Beast uh, as best he can. Um, it's really really cool. Now this story also features um, the post crisis Jason Todd. So that's the second Robin to the uninitiated. Uh, Jason Todd in the pre crisis. Um, by the way, Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths, if you don't know, was basically a massive reboot of DC. So they they destroyed all kind of multiple universes and kind of condensed it, made it a bit more simpler and kind of got rid of a lot of kind of unused continuity, um, the convoluted continuity that happens. And now they do it like every couple of years, just as a kind of easy way for new readers to get involved. Um, so that's what the first one they ever did in the 80s. It's a great story. Um so when they when they rebooted it, because basically in pre-crisis, Jason Todd was basically just a clone of of you know almost identical origin to to Dick Grayson, which wasn't that interesting, and you know, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't really get the point of it. Um, obviously you want Robin, but you don't want him too similar. I mean, you can't exactly you don't want the exact same thing, do you? So they kind of made him a street kid. I mean, he met Batman because he was stealing the Bat Batmobile's wheels, which I think is amazing. 
Um, but yeah, he's a street kid, and and he's he shows you know he's angry, he's twisted, he's prone to violence. You know that we would see later on in the stories. And Jim Stalin actually wrote Death of a Family, uh, where spoilers, um, Jason Todd Robin dies, and that's got a lot of kind of political stories as well. I think he end up in Iraq or somewhere like that. Um, that's a really good story as well. I highly recommend uh, that as well. Um, but kind of that's a bit more of a famous one, so we all know about that one. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a really really cool book, and and Batman's using all all his kind of ways and means to defeat the KG Beast, and he's really struggling. I I really I enjoy when Batman is like the know it all, and he's twenty steps ahead of everybody else. I think that's really cool. Like on occasion. But again, it's hard to be like, like, oh, he'll just, you know, oh, giving him prep time. As long as he's got enough prep time, he can do it all. I hate, I don't really, I, I enjoy that when he's kind of a smart aleck, and now and again. But if that's constantly the way he's portrayed, um, you don't kind of feel for him. You're just like, oh, you'll know. I know Batman will escape. I know Batman will get out. You know, he's already, he's already, again, twenty steps ahead of somebody like the Beast or something. But in this, in this story, he's not. He's really, he's falling behind. There's the scenes where he's struggling, um, like he gets stabbed, he gets trapped, he breaks ribs, you know, um, he gets shot, you know, he really goes physically through the ringer and he he doubts himself and he's not sure what the next move is. He tries to predict, um, but they're always ten, you know, they're ten or three steps ahead, like the KGB, KGB or the Beast. Um, and his assistant um, are like you know ten steps ahead. It's really interesting to see a struggling Batman. I really, I really like where he you know he he struggles to per when he's trying to persevere and he's trying to get through. And he's trying to figure out because we're all we can all relate to that. We can all relate to the failings and the and the constant you know well not not to the huge amount of murder that happens in this in this particular comic, but um, but at least he tries. At least he gives it a damn good go uh and you know he does succeed um but yeah it's i prefer i prefer a batman that struggles i prefer a batman that i see be put through um all of those issues and those problems and you know and but he still comes out on top however because i, I won't spoil the ending but it is quite a controversial ending um again like like i said jim starlin is going for the kind of darker um, grittier and kind of morally questionable Batman, um, which I really, it really, it was really interesting to see Batman go so far because he's like he's beaten, bruised, and he admits he can't beat the Beast hand to hand. He can't, you know, he's not a young man anymore. He can't do that. Um, but he would have proven himself back in the day. But Batman has to do something quite drastic to to defeat the KG Beast, and that's probably one of the more interesting and fascinating parts of the story, uh, and I like that he was he's in a weakened state, and that he has to think about that, or he considers doing it, and does it, there's even a scene where Batman, like, is struggling so much, he has to throw a guy's dead body at, at the KG Beast just to stop him, which is pretty messed up as well, like, and, and, and that comes not you know pretty close to the end of the book, but it's really uh, it's really fascinating. There's a there's a little bit of dark humor in this story as well, and you know it's 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 really interesting to see you know where 
where Batman's head is at and how how he manages. Because, like, I I always think about like, I think about like we've got lots of assassin characters in comics. We've got lots of kind of you know um, dead shot, bullseye. Uh, but their like success rate for murder, like Arcade's like one of my favorite ones. He's a a Marvel Comics villain who uh, he he killed his parents, inherited loads of money, and then he. Uh, sorry, if you're hearing kids screaming, there's kids screaming outside. Uh, it's annoying me a bit. I'm feeling like a cagey beast. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll run their school bus down. Just kidding, guys. I'm not going to participate in murder. So anyway, where was I? Yeah, so um, so the, the like, arcade's great. He's really interesting, kind of a Joker-esque character, really over the top. And he creates these kind of uh, mechanical theme parks that are full of like you know theme park arcade themed uh, murder gimmicks. He calls it Murder World, which is an amazing name all by itself. I'll have to uh, I'll have to cosplay arcade at some point. I've got a white suit waiting, so I think that's definitely something I have to do in the future. But his like success rate, he's supposed to be the world's greatest assassin. He hasn't killed anybody. Or like there's very like very few kind of characters he's physically murdered or, you know you know, so there's a lot of characters like that. Um like I said. And but like for like success rate in being a murderer, a mass murderer, an assassin, the KGB wins out every time. Like if you know you know, compared to I know people have counted up um kind of body body count for like characters like the Punisher and things like that um, but you know in a short in four issues in ten days that's got to be a record for any kind of comic books character to kill that many people in such a short amount of time uh, and it's just it's just such a great read and I highly recommend it as a as a story because it's just balls to the wall kind of crazy and it's fun and you see Batman struggle, and I loved it all. I like. I can't. I, it's gripping. It's really gripping. It doesn't like, like it could get bogged down in the kind of Cold War politics and the kind of you know the, the political leanings. I mean, it's the only. It's the only. Uh, <laughs> it's the only comic I've ever read where you see uh, Batman kidnap the president. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Batman kidnaps. Ronald Reagan and spoilers he is the final target there's 10 targets the beast is after 10 targets however in the book he kills over 100 people those are just innocent bystanders that got in the way part of me of the beast and it's it's a killer story it's a killer there's killer action sequences Jim Aparo you know draws the hell out of it you know again like Batman goes through the physical ringer as well as you know as well as uh you know all sorts of uh, of things that are going on um it's kind of crazy that that this kind of this story happens but it's i also like i'm again i'm a big fan of of movies not pe- many people like i'm a big fan of comic book characters that people aren't that keen on or or are unappreciated you know most of my cosplays and things i do are characters nobody even knows who i am you know i was dressed as i went to wales comic con the other week i was dressed as raz al ghul and three people recognized me out of you know hundreds or all the people i spoke to you know i like those characters and it's nice to see as much as i love the joker as much as i love all the main bat like Batman Rogues Gallery, um, all the villains. It's it's great to see something different and something unique, um, you know. And 
it's just it's a it's a roller coaster ride of a comic, and it, it never stops. It never kind of breaks up. And again, you could be again bogged down with all this kind of FBI Gotham, and you know there's there's a lot of kind of ways and means Batman is trying to stop these leaks getting out and the information getting to the Beast, um, because that's just that's just how how he goes about his mission. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. I really like Jim Starlin's work. If you want another great story that puts Batman through the psychological and um, physical ringer, you should definitely look at Jim Starlin's um, The Cult. I believe, uh, I think it was Bernie Wrightson who drew that, I want to say. I could be wrong. Maybe Kelly Jones, possibly. Um, but that, that has um, a Deacon Blackfire. He's another great Batman villain as well. He kind of tries to indoctrinate beats and brainwashes Batman into becoming part of his cult uh, and this is a villain who bathes in homeless people's blood so yeah I can highly recommend that maybe I'll do a, a puny part on the cult I would definitely need to reread that find that somewhere um, but yeah I highly recommend Jim Starlin's work anything but anything that has Thanos in is great um, anything that any of his Batman work as well I've I've got at the moment I'm reading uh, Batman's Second Chances, which is the start of kind of Jason Todd's story, and that, that literally uh, follows on to I think it's Volume One of the Cape Crusader. So that's another graphic novel that's available digitally and uh, and physically as well. And then and then uh, and then after that, um, from the end of that, it goes on to Death of the Family. So you get like a full kind of Jason Todd as post crisis Jason Todd as Robin Ark. So I would again highly 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 recommend um those stories all the jim stalin stories have been great and really interesting and they are pretty dark like you know there's i think at the start of the death of the family stuff he starts talking about um him and robin taking down a as quote unquote uh kiddie porn ring which is like oh fuck that is pretty dark um you know, um, so there's, yeah, I, I would really recommend them. And I think most of the stories are drawn by Jim Aparo as well. Um, just fantastic, fantastic artist. I couldn't get enough of his work. Um, and it's a great forgotten, unfortunately, forgotten Batman tale. Um, but I highly, highly recommend it. And it's four issues. It's not long. Uh, it is available in the Cape Crusader Volume 1 collection. Um uh, go out. You can get. Uh, you can obviously get um, some older versions. You can get the single issues as well. Look on eBay for those. Um, I think there's older, out of print graphic novels or collections. Um, you can find maybe on eBay as well. I don't know how much they'll be. Probably if they're out of print, probably a bit more expensive. Um, but yeah, that's it, guys. I I hope you really enjoyed this and my overexcited, passionate ramblings and prattle. You can find me as usual. At the usual places, so you can find me at uh, at Secret Bores. That's on Facebook. So you go in, into the Facebook search bar and put at Secret Bores. You'll find me there. Twitter, I am at Dan underscore Bores. The podcast itself is available on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, and many, many more other podcast uh, channels that I'm probably not aware of the names of. But you know, if you've got an RSS feed, it's on there. Uh, remember to uh, hashtag uh, if you're going to uh, be tweeting me or Facebook posting. So hashtag join the Pratalian as you've enjoyed all that prattle from me. Or hashtag prepare 
for Prattle. Um, I'll be back soon with, I think, my first guest and also an edition, the second edition of The Clone Balls. So stay tuned, guys, and I'll be back sooner than you think. <laughs>